Live from the House of LeMay Makeup and Dressing Room. Here comes Amber. Stop what you're doing. Here comes Amber. She's just doing what she can. Here comes Amber. Cue the spotlight. Here comes Amber with two drinks in her hand. The matriarch of fashion. Glasses, you can't look away. Ask her, does she do it? Really nothing to it. She's got that fun on her game. If you have a party, or if you're feeling naughty, call up the house of the maid. Here comes your favorite gal. Hello, and welcome to the Amber Live interviews. This is Russell, producer and co-host of Amber Live. We want to remind you to subscribe to us both here and at youtube.com slash amberlive. You don't want to miss a moment of Amber LeMay, the Larry King of drag queens. There's so much more to the show than just the interviews that Amber does each week. We have hundreds of interviews, comedy sketches, songs, and more on YouTube that you can watch anytime. But... In the meantime, you can listen to the amazing interviews right here. Now enjoy this episode of Amber Live Interviews. As obviously you've heard before, this is our fifth season of Amber Live. And for the past four seasons, we've kicked it off with a conversation with Francois Clemens. We had to do it again. Francois, come on in. Oh, it's a, it's a great year already. It's a great year just seeing your <laughs> smiling face. Amen. It's wonderful to see you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I said this is the fourth time you've kicked off our year, but this is like a fifth or sixth time you've been on the show. So thank you so much for your support. You're welcome. I'm already looking forward to next year. <laughs> I am too. But Francois, we've got to get catch people up to date. 19 or 2023 was not a great year for you. Can you tell us a little not bit really, about that? But at the same time, it was a transitional year. And uh, being a transitional year, I had to give up some of my uh, old habits and things that I had become accustomed to doing or feeling or being a part of. They, uh, I, I moved to a new place in my uh, cosmic selfhood as well as physically. And um, I found that uh, it, I found this wonderful place called the residence of Otter Creek. And I call it the rock. And uh, so I like it here now. There are lots and lots of people here. They're very friendly. You know, at night, I was get, I got lonely over there where I lived. I see people walking around, you know, and going about their business. But uh, there were lots of times I sat on that beautiful front porch alone. And I began to think about that. And I said, well, do I want to spend the rest of my life this way? And I said, no, I did not. So that, that was in Middlebury, Vermont. Uh, yes. that, you, that your house is. Uh, how far? It's still considered Middlebury? Yes, where I am now, The Rock, is in Middlebury. This is further down on Route 7. You had some assistance getting there. Tell us about that. Well, uh, first of all, there was a group of friends, I called them my kitchen cabinet. And uh, I went to Oberlin with them, so I've known them for 60 oh. plus years. Yes. And uh, we have been talking about ways to make my finances more secure. And then I have a bunch of friends here in Middlebury 
whom I call FOF, friends of Francois. And the way it got started was every time I did a concert, I could count on this group of friends to be there to help with the arrangements and uh, whatever details had to be dealt with. They did it and I didn't have to do it. And so I spent a lot of time with them and we're very close. And during the course of our conversation, it was decided that I should look into a, a senior residence uh, because I, there would be more people there. I'm a people-oriented person. So I, uh, we all started looking around and I found this place. And you know, as soon as I moved in, I remember the first night, it was like the, the, the stress of the universe just evaporated. It disappeared. I worried about everything. I worried too much, to be honest. So I like it very much here. There's a swimming pool downstairs. There's, there's a pool table. There's a ping pong table. There are dominoes and chess and all of that stuff. You know, bridge clubs in this uh, outfit. And I don't play bridge and all those other things, but I go and look. <laughs> I've watched them. I find them interesting uh, how they play and what they say to say to one another. It's so wide open. I, everybody is, is amenable to us being together. And that's who I am. I, one of my singers said years ago, Francois, Dr. Clemens, you have never met a stranger. And that's how I feel about being here. There are people that I may not have known them for a long time, but we act as though we have known each other a long time. Uh, you know, my role on Mr. Rogers kind of set this up because everybody here is about 70 years plus. So they were watching Mr. Rogers' neighborhood back when with their children or themselves. And we have a lot to talk about that era of my life. Uh, they were really um, very supportive of my work on the program. And so we started to go fund me and a lot of the people here contributed to it. Uh, and a lot of people at Middlebury College still contributed and people who were involved in Pittsburgh in the um, uh, Mr. Rogers uh, neighborhood uh, show at WQED te television. They got in touch with me. Very, very nice people. But you know, I'm just going to say this and move on. The thing that's very sad is I don't have any residuals from Mr. Rogers neighborhood. That is not there. I worked 27 years, and the people who are took over the show have a business mo model that does not include us, us oldies but goodies. So that's one of the reasons I turned to the GoFundMe because the, uh, the meager royalties that I had coming in were not uh, were not sufficient. I was still singing. I still have engagements, but um, they began to be less and less. And uh, my health, I've had some health issues, uh, which I think I've been pretty well taken care of. But all of that, you know, happening in your, your, and you're getting older. So I really had to think about what I was going to do for my future. And I feel the, these guys uh, came up with a wonderful plan that's GoFundMe. I, I'm hearing from so many people, you know, who knew me and they tell me their stories. They tell me, uh, how they met me or how they met Fred, or how long uh, they watched, have been watching the program. You know, it's streaming everywhere. And once again, I don't get a dime from the streaming, but it's there. So it's like I'm kind of active in their lives as opposed to passive. Well, you, had, you wrote one book 
And you said you were going to write a couple more. Are you still working on those? Well, you, you nailed it. Uh, that's what I'm doing now. I actually have time and peace of mind and quiet uh, where I can write again because I stopped over the summer since like last March. I wasn't able to write very much because I was being interrupted and dealing with other issues. But now I have quiet. I have uh, an incredibly simpatico environment and it, it leads itself lends itself to coming up here to my apartment and sitting here in my office and I've begun to find that that person again. I do have things I want to say and uh, I want to share with people because you know a lot of people only know me from that first book which was fine or from Mr. Rogers neighborhood and I'm still bigger than that if you forgive my <laughs> phrase but it none of that encompasses all of who I am, and I felt like it's not fair. First of all, it's not fair to me to be put in such a you know a little jar and not allowed to spread my wings. So um, I decided to, to put time in on the second book to kind of say things that either we didn't have time to or they weren't appropriate, or uh, the, the editors and the publishers sometimes felt <clears throat> going into certain other subjects about my great-grandmother about my father, my my, uh, my granddaddy, Saul, also. They felt, if I went intensely into those stories, they detracted from from focusing on the main uh, ideas, which, in, from their perspective, led to Fred Rogers. And that was an important uh, way of focusing me, but it didn't tell the whole story. So are you suggesting there might be inappropriate things in your new book? <laughs> Inappropriate for a four-year-old or a five-year-old. <laughs> okay. Those little babies can't read anyway. No, uh, I just talk real about some real stories about real life and real people that I met. You know, I had a terrible time coming out sexually. So uh, in addition to having been assaulted by this nut, I also, uh, Fred asked me to stay, in, in, in a sense, in the closet. And that was the hardest thing I ever did. 10 years, I, I was very, very faithful. I moved to New York and I decided, you know, I have to get out and live. And there are other complications, you know, that went in there, but he did ask me and I've, I had this love, a father-son love relationship with him and he was a surrogate father to me. So when he asked me that, I knew that if he could do differently, he would. But he, he, he was kind of in a, a bind also because we all, we talked about it. We felt that the guys who were uh, underwriting the program, uh, sponsors, Heinz, Heinz 57, Johnson, Johnson, uh, baby stuff, and, and agencies like that, that Sears was another one. They would not support the program anymore. So, you know, that was his dream. So I decided I, could, I would cooperate. I'm not sorry that I cooperated, but it was a tremendously difficult thing to do. Another, another project you've been doing this year is Around the Sun with our good friend Brad Forenza. Um, tell us about that. Well, you know, my buddy Brad Forenza called me. I've never met him, but I feel like I know him. We're buddies now. And uh, he's made these several suggestions that I uh, do with him. The one in particular about uh, uh, Around the Sun. It's like a, um, 
you know, you start as the embryo in your mother's stomach or, or a baby, and then you uh, have different stages of growth. And that appealed to me a great deal because I feel that it was headed towards, you know, my, my part in reality being 70 years old, 79. So that around the, the sun characterized the different ages of humankind. So you're babies and then 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s. So it really pulled at something inside of me to express what Brad was trying to do. I love that idea. Um, the whole time you realize I was just a, um, a, 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 a cell going through the uh, stages of life. I, was, I never became a real person like I, this, but it was fascinating to think about that. I liked uh, his idea. I liked some of the other people, and I found them to be very simpatico. And I've watched it a couple of times. Uh, Brad's really put something special together. Yes, he has, and he's had uh, set some big names, even bigger than yours, on there. Like, like bigger than mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, Russell, uh, play the song that uh, Brad sent us, please. Caterpillar slinks along a fallen dogwood tree. Insectivores could eat it, but instead they just let it be. Cause insectivores been snacking on bugs and ticks and fleas. And the caterpillar cries aloud, guess no one don't want me. Na na, cry the caterpillar. Na 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 he. I'm a lowly little arthropod and no one would want me. Na na, cried the caterpillar. Na 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 me. I'm a sedentary arthropod, and no one cares for me. But in the spring's renewal, when the forest starts to bloom, catch the beauty of a butterfly leaving his cocoon. Oh, uh, looking lovely. That's, that's beautiful. And looking at all those guests, we've had several of them here on Amber Live. All right, Francois, we're going to take a little break here, but uh, we'll be right back so you can give us some clues about how we could survive 2024. We'll be right back. Oh, I can tell you what I think, but I don't know if anybody, <laughs> I don't know if folks are ready. <laughs> I think we are. Oh, what a great interview we have going with Francois, and there's a lot more to come, but I want to remind everyone to go take a look at the amberlive.tv website and check out the shop that we've got there because we've got incredible merchandise going on. We added the Vintage Confidential Collection recently with some amazing old vintage photos and some good humor mixed into them, so check it out, and that's all at amberlive.tv. And now... Back to Amber in the interview with Francois Clemens. All right, we're back with our good friend, Dr. Francois Diva Man Scarborough, <laughs> Francois Clemens. Thank you so much again for coming back to talk to us. Um, so we're in a new year, 2024. What are your thoughts? Well, my thoughts are this is a transitional period, and we're going from uh, a way of having related to one another to dealing with the intimacy that's required for our humanity. We are, uh, we're not uh, alligators and uh, cold-blooded frogs or something, turtles. We are a warm-blooded essence, chemistry. And we, we grow when we hug one another. 
and that's been part of my philosophy. There is nothing like a hug from someone, and all the senses are involved when you hug someone and you feel them and you sense them and you smell them, and we don't uh, we don't give enough credit to those necessary aspects that happens every time you meet a, a, a new person. He's, he or she smells different, uh, or they shake touch hands, they touch different. We need that, and we are our people who are pulling apart and setting up something separate. I feel we've got a, a, a metaphysical challenge before us, and that is the brotherhood, sisterhood, by, by whatever hood of humankind, we're one. And we're, the, the brown people that are coming up from South America, the black people who are coming up from South America and Africa, they are telling us that they are here to stay. And I think Mother Earth has her mind on us becoming one again. We may not like it. It's like a baby who's fretting, doesn't want to go to bed. You may have to spank him one, one time to say, if you go to sleep. And I, I don't think we always realize who's in charge. It's not us. There is a I like your analogy about Mother Earth forcing us to be together. You know, yeah. we created climate change and she's saying, hey, you created it. Now you got to live together because they're, they're yeah. coming here because of climate change. Very good. Yeah, uh, so what right. are your suggestions? What are your suggestions for uh, us? Well, living? Uh, believe it or not, I, I meditate every day. I was meditating before I came on the air today. And there's nothing better than this gift we have that helps us to focus. We focus inside. And this, unlike some of the other things we do, helps us to know ourselves. People don't are not comfortable sitting quietly, getting to know himself, herself, themselves. That, to me, is also a part of this uh, transition that says, hey, folks, sit down. You need to know who you are. Because when we know who we are, we, we can communicate with Mother Earth. And it's such a vital, vibrant, uh, powerful energy to feel you are centered with the earth. And so that's one of the things I talk about when I go out and sing and talk, that people need to take some time and be quiet. Not <laughs> not with the, the screens, not with the, the distractions, but thinking about your role, our different roles here on earth. And some of us were born better off financially, better off intellectually, and all that stuff. Well. We're supposed to share it. You can't take it with you. We're, that was that's one of the things people, you know, they want to build a, 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 a three hundred apartment building or you know a, a car that goes a, a billion miles an hour. When what we really need is to care for one another. Oh, there's so many wonderful things that happens to us when we when we allow ourselves to care, to love, to be empathetic, and to receive it back. And that's what the universe is telling us, is the directive. Get to know one another, get to know yourself. What, what's your process of meditating? Uh, first of all, I like to have a little orange juice when I get up. I'm a diabetic and I have to make sure that my sugar is fine and I'm not sugar starved. And then I drink water. I sometimes drink as much as a whole glass of water in the morning, first thing. Uh, and then I use, you know, cl clean up, what have you. 
and I like to sit quietly then. And I, that's my ritual in the morning. I sit quietly before I begin the day. And Amber, I ask the universe, what do you want me to do? What is it that I'm supposed to be doing now? And give me the guidance, give me the understanding so that I can do those things in a healthy, positive way. There, we are all needed and we don't allow ourselves to be needed. Those brown people coming up from Mexico, they need us. They need something. You know, if you are into the Bible and that sort of thing, there's that story about the, the prodigal, uh, not the prodigal, some of the, uh, the uh, good Samaritan who helped the man on the side of the road. How do we treat these strangers? We're supposed to be a Christian nation, a Christian, uh, not very Christian down there on that border. No. And, you know, I, I read a thing the other day that said Jesus Christ was not a white, he was not American, and he was not Christian. Well, now, <laughs> let's figure out what, what is this then? So uh, that's my philosophy, and that's what people come to talk with me and sit and listen, and I share with them that oneness is coming. We're not going to be able to avoid it. We, let's get in, uh, in on this act and be helpful. We have so many talented people, gifted people, who can be a part of this system of giving and caring. Some of them say, if you're not my color, or you're not making the money that we make, you don't belong here. You don't want this, you don't want that. How about a helping hand? That's who's in, mostly in the position to be helpful. Oneness is coming. I love that phrase. Thank yes. you for sharing that. Another thing you've shared over the many years and many visits you've had here to Amber Live is a song. Could I possibly talk you into singing a song live for us? I've been thinking about this the whole time, especially for you. My Lord, what a morning. Oh, my Lord, what a morning. Oh, my Lord, what a morning. When the stars begin to fall, when the stars begin to fall. You'll hear the trumpet sounds to wake the nations underground. Messages of my God's right hand when the stars begin to fall, when the stars begin to fall.
Thank you so much. It's going to be a good year. If I start off with you singing that song, it's going to be a good year. Yes, my Lord, what a morning. And thank you so much for remembering me and inviting me back. Anytime you need to say something, you come on here and you say it. Anytime. Oh, thank you so much, Amber. God bless you. Thank you. I'm going to make it down to Middlebury. That's a threat. I'm going to make it down to Middlebury to see you. Oh, well, if you, you I still have the same phone number and still have the same email address. So you just let me know you're here. All right. Thank you so much, Francois. Mwah. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Amber Live Interviews. Remember to subscribe to us so you don't miss a single minute of the fun. And remember, it is your support that keeps us going. You can make a donation through this podcast by using our Venmo at RJD Pro or by visiting us at AmberLive.tv and clicking on the Support Amber Live button. Thank you.